Well, isn't it a fantastic day? I'm so excited about today and especially about uh, Morgan and her baptism that we're going to do shortly. But welcome back for those uh, in the building and online to our series on the words, the ways and the works of Jesus Christ. We are 29 weeks into this and we're at chapter 11, the very first part of chapter 11. And this is going to be our last week for a little while as we jump into our Christmas season and um, uh, post-Christmas, all those kind of things, and then we'll be coming back into Mark just to keep on exploring that. But what I want to do today is that, um, have you ever wondered what you've been doing with your life? Has anybody ever wondered that? There's a couple of people going nodding, and if you're in there, if you're online, you know, throw yes or no up on the, on the chat to just get involved. Have you wondered where your life has been heading? about the meaning and purpose of life. See, the thing is that we all search. We all search for meaning. We all search for purpose. We all want some idea of what our life is like. So I'm going to start with a couple of statements about what it is for us as people. So everybody, let me say this, everybody um, comes into this world wanting to know a few things. Um, and, and we progress through life and we will be challenged and we will want to uh, come to understand what those uh, mean in the changing nature of our life and what is happening around us. And th- here's a few things. Um, we want to know who we are. We want to know what our identity is. We want to know where we actually come from. What is our origin? Where, where do we come from? We, we want to know why we are here. So meaning in our life. We want to know how to live, what to live for, and how we should live, and that's our purpose. And we also want to know where we're going, which is our destiny. See, this is the, the questions about meaning of life. This is the questions about where we are heading our life, our purpose. And it's been raised by generations over time and time again. And it comes up in our lives. And some of us go through midlife crisis. They go, what is my purpose in life? What am I doing? I, I, I don't want to be sitting in this job. I don't want to be doing this thing. I want to do something else. And it's a question of purpose, a question of identity, a question of wanting to know where you're heading. So in order to understand the meaning of life, we actually need to understand what shapes our lives, what shapes our purposes, what things speak into our lives, what changes us, what directs us. And there are a lot of influences that we have um, within our life. You know, um, family. How many people have realised that as they've grown up, they start doing the things that their parents have done? There's a few people. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember going, no, 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 I'm not going to do what my parents did. And guess what? Started doing what my parents did. It's just ingrained in us. You know, when, when we were first married, Annette and I were first married, we had this little argument about how you actually, where you put your knife and fork and spoon in the cutlery jaw. Because it was about our family of influence, what actually there. And so Annette's family did it one way and my family did it a different way. And so, you know, there's that influence just simply on that space and just about what happens. But our family influences us even more. And, you know, the reason I bring it up is because we don't even realise 
that that is actually the case, that we have influence from our family, just even those little things like where you put your cutlery, how you do those kind of things. That, you know, that influence has... Society has an influence over us about our direction or where we're heading. Education does as well, as well as our beliefs. So let me ask you again. What is your purpose in life? What is your purpose in life? It's a question that we should be asking ourselves so often. It's an important question. Am I fulfilling my purpose? What is my purpose? Why am I here? What am I doing? It's a question that we have. And Morgan is actually answering that question today in baptism, purpose in life. She's saying yes to Christ. And and talking about Jesus, Jesus actually came into our world and and he actually had a really clear mission. And I'm going to throw a few verses at you that just give you an indication of what his mission was about, what his clear purpose is. From Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus' clear mission is to seek and save those who are sinners. Um, In in Colossians 2, 9 to 10, um, Jesus says he is God himself who lives on earth in human body. In 1 Timothy 2, verse 5, Jesus is the only mediator, the link between God and us. It's through Jesus Christ. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. That if you actually know who Jesus is, then you will know who God is. Jumping into John 4, uh, verse 34 and 19 and 30, Jesus actually says that he is doing the will of God and he's working towards the redemption of all of the world on the cross. Last week, Josh gave a fantastic message uh, looking at Mark 10, uh, the the last half. And in, in Mark 10, verse 45, Jesus said that he is the son of man and he's come to serve and offer his life for salvation for all of humankind. What a fantastic thing. See, the purpose that Jesus came is to give us life and life in abundance from John 10.10. So as we look in our words and our ways and the works of Jesus Christ, as we're looking at what Jesus did in Mark's gospel, we need to actually understand um, the purpose of Jesus and why he came and why he did certain things. Because it's so important for actually, actually for us to understand that in the reading that we've heard today and we're going to explore again for us today. Because just before that, Jesus says, Mark 10, verse 45, he says, I have come not to serve but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom. Here's his purpose statement. So as we, as we turn into this reading that we have from Mark um, 11, verse 1 through to 11, it, this reading is will be one of the readings that is used a couple of weeks before Easter. It's traditionally the reading that would be five weeks before Easter, and it comes in and it's called Palm Sunday. Now, I'm really glad that we're looking at it not on Palm Sunday because one of the things that happens is as soon as you name something, like Palm Sunday, you start to interpret it around what that name is. So we start thinking about Jesus. We start thinking about the, the, the leaves cut down and the people that are putting the leaves on there. And we, we miss what is the purpose of this reading. We miss the intent of what Jesus is, is coming into. 
See, it's not about the palms. It's not necessarily about the people shouting Hosanna in the highest. It's not about his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. There's a bigger purpose at play in this, and we're going to explore that today. So, let's put it up on the screen so you've got this in your brain as we come and actually look at this reading today. For even the Son of Man... Chris is going to put it up. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So keep that in your mind as we come into our reading and think about what is the purpose of Jesus. So as Jesus approached Jerusalem, there we go, as Jesus approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. So Jesus is purposely making his way towards Jerusalem. Now, he could have actually spent all of his life and ministry out in in Galilee and the other regions, but he knew he had to go to Jerusalem. It was actually a place that he needed to head to. And then Jesus sent two of his disciples ahead of them to go to the village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, what are you doing, Jesus says, just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. So let's just stop there for a moment. Let's just pause. See, here is intent. Here is purpose. This is not a random thing that Jesus is doing. So he's walking along the road, coming and getting towards Jerusalem, and he sends two disciples ahead to go and get this donkey, this colt, and to bring it back to them. So this is a purposeful thing. It's not a random act. It's not, I saw this on the side of the road and yeah, look, I'll jump on it and ride in. It wasn't, I'm getting really tired and I need something that, you know, if you're getting really tired, you sit down, you rest, you kind of think. So he's going, I need to be in Jerusalem, but I need to do something as I approach. The two disciples left and found the cult standing in the street, tied outside the front door. And as they were untying it, Some bystanders demanded, what are you doing untying the colt? They said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. So notice Jesus actually knew what was happening, purpose, moving forward. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. And many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut in the field. You can see why they call it Palm Sunday. You know, thinking of the, the trees that are there and laying them out on the ground, and as people started to do that, it was a, you know, coming into that kind of um, crowd, just wanting to follow along with what's happening. But you need to realise that Jesus is coming into a celebration that is about to happen. So he's actually heading to Jerusalem for a purpose, He's heading to Jerusalem on a religious celebration called Passover, which is actually so important about God's presence within the world and saving the Israelite nation. And we'll talk about that in just a moment a little bit further. Jesus was in the centre of the possession and the people all around him were shouting, praise God. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. So let me just stop there. Why are they doing that? Have you ever thought that? Why did suddenly, you know, this person jumped up on a donkey and is coming into Jerusalem? Why are they suddenly saying that? 
It's actually one of the phrases that is, you know, actually associated with Passover. So people would actually say this aloud. It's just a greeting to welcome people in. So sometimes we ascribe even more to this than what was actually happening. But this is actually a normal greeting, a normal way of doing it. But there's a lot more to it because what you'll notice is that Jesus is, most of the people that are coming into Jerusalem at this time for the Passover are coming in and they're walking in. Everybody's walking in. And here suddenly you have somebody sitting on a donkey, a colt, and is riding in. He's suddenly head and shoulders above everybody else. He's suddenly being seen as somebody special. He's suddenly being noticed and recognised as coming into, this, into Jerusalem. There must be something. So no wonder the crowd wants to give a special praise and blessing because this person has lifted themselves up. This person is being recognised. And, and people are putting their coats down and people are putting branches down. Blessing, and they go on and say, blessings to the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in the highest heaven. So part of the blessing, part of the thing that was happening at Passover each year is there was an anticipation, there was a hope that David, an ancestor of David, would rise up and we call him the Messiah and they would save the people. There was a hope every year at Passover and they would say this. They want the, the Messiah to come and, and be there. So Jesus comes in and then goes, and so Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple after looking around carefully. I love how you know, Mark just downplays the whole thing um, and just goes, looks around carefully at everything. He left because it was late in the afternoon and then returned to Bethany with the two disciples. See, the purpose was not about massive change. It was about that entry into Jerusalem. It was about setting the direction for where he needed to be and following through on that. So what I want to do, um, let me just find where I'm up to. Um, what I want to do is actually have a look at two of these main things, two of the purposes that Jesus has that we really, um, it's so important for us to understand. And the first is this, that Jesus actually changes the expectations around the Messiah. So you know how over the many weeks that we've been talking about that Jesus uh, had been work, walking with and working with the disciples, those who are following him, and they get to the point where they recognise that, yes, he is the Messiah. They, they say, you are the Son of God. You are the chosen one, and they proclaim that. And Jesus suddenly goes, now you've recognised that I am the Messiah. I now need to teach you what it means that I am the Messiah. So first of all, you've got to recognise it, and now you've got to kind of understand what it is, what this Messiah is. And Jesus keeps on teaching that the Messiah is not about a king that's riding in to take over. The Messiah is about reconciling ourselves with God. And it's through Jesus Christ that that happens. And so he's changing that expectation of the Messiah. Everybody in that time, Jerusalem coming in for the Passover, expectation that an ancestor of David's going to rise up and be the Messiah they want. And they see Jesus coming on a donkey. 
and suddenly their hopes are raised, but their expectations are changed in the same way. So part of the purpose that Jesus has here is to teach his disciples and those around that the Messiah is coming differently. It's not the one that you thought. And it is he who is the Messiah. The other thing, so as, as I said, you know, if we were to, if we were to really kind of delve into that uh, a little deeply, the, the, the expectation, that the words they use actually comes from Psalm 118, verse 26. And it, and it says, you know, that there is the hope that the son of David will become the Messiah is coming. And the words they, they you know, and, and Mark doesn't mention this, but this account of Jesus coming into, the, into Jerusalem is across all of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, and, and we need to, because it's actually an important element. And we kind of just overlook it and just go, yep, 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 Jesus come in, bang, people threw stuff on the ground, fantastic. You know, we might even do a, a pageant with people doing it in the, and we celebrate the, you know, waving palm leaves and all those kind of things. And see, this is the thing. This is where I think we miss it. Because Jesus actually is coming and he declares who he is and he's heading, he's fulfilling his purpose. He's fulfilling his purpose even if the road is hard ahead. See, he's not just coming and going, fantastic, sit back, everything's going to be hunky-dory. He knows that he is heading to Jerusalem, to the cross, to salvation through that moment. And so his purpose is actually even bigger. Let me start to give you the reason why it's so much bigger. Think about it. All of the religious leaders have been challenging and testing Jesus over all of this time, trying to trap him, trying to um, get him to say the wrong thing and you know, wanting to know where he's come from, wanting to know why he's teaching this, wanting to know why his disciples aren't doing what they're doing and why he's teaching them that there's the love of God is for all people and, and that there's expectation of hope and restoration and how could he heal you know, um, the sick and the blind. You know, they're, they're really at their wit's end and then he does this. Then he claims that position of Messiah and rides in not as they expected, but differently. And so he basically is going, I'm coming here and I know what you're going to do. So he's claiming that space. And see, that comes just here for, for us, you know. I want to draw it back around to us for a moment. So even Jesus took the time and, and rode in and declared who he was knowing that doing so will basically put a target on him. That the road ahead for him wasn't going to be easy. It was going to be hard. So I want to ask you about your purpose in life, where you are heading, what you are doing. You know, God places a purpose on our lives, each and every one of us. And some of us actually may be afraid to take up that purpose for us. You know, it, it might be a challenge that we're just not ready for. It might be a call to go and do something that we're not quite able or you know, willing to do for ourselves yet. It, it might be a change of direction. 
It could be, you know, it might even involve suffering. Or it might be that you are facing challenges in your life itself, whether it's health, whether it's finance, whether it's relationships, whatever. There's a, there's a challenge there and you're looking at what your purpose is in all of this and you're going to face through that time. You know, God has a plan and a purpose for each of our lives. Um, and it's so easy for us to dismiss that. See, God has a purpose. It may be easy, it may be hard, but he's got a purpose for you. So I want to encourage you today to lean into God's purpose. Lean into what God has got for us in our lives. And if you're struggling at the moment to understand your purpose in the life, then, then I want to encourage you to take the time. See, our church, New Beginnings, has, has actually just given itself six months to come into prayer come to a time of, of, of withdrawing necessarily from doing lots of things to actually come and seek God's will for our church. I want to encourage you in this same space, this same time, if you're looking for your purpose, to come into prayer with us, to come into prayer to seek your guidance of where you are leading, what's happening, to, to, to really seek where God is leading us and guiding us in the future. So I want, to, I want to encourage you to come into that space. And if you want to know more about this, I want to encourage you to actually tune in on, on Wednesday into the deep dive because one of the things we're going to do is we'll actually have a look at what it means to, to find your purpose in life. We'll look at what that means for us. So I want to encourage you. I can't, I can't give it to all today. I just want to still focus in on what the passage has for us and to encourage you that God never leaves you alone. God is always there. He's seeking you. He's wanting you. He's wanting to change your life and to give you a purpose in life that you just can step up to and, and go, yes, Lord. So let's just pray today. A loving, gracious God, we just give you thanks for this moment. We give you thanks that as we look at your word found in the Bible, that you continually challenge us. You continually turn it so that we can see your direction, your hope for the future. You continually show us that you are God and that you want to have that close relationship with us. So Lord, if you are, you are there right now, challenging people's lives, giving them a purpose, giving them identity, giving them hope, giving them meaning, giving them a destiny. Lord, I just pray that, that right now, if there's somebody here that's finding it hard, that's finding it difficult, wants to say yes to Jesus, just say these words with me. Oh, Lord God, we just, I just come to you knowing that my life has fallen short of your glory and your purpose for my life. So I give my life over to you. I say yes to you, Jesus. You are my saviour. You are the one I want to follow. You are the one who is my Messiah. Lord, I want to follow you all of my days. I want my life to be like you. And Lord, I just pray this humbly and openly and proclaim that you are my Lord and saviour. Amen. <laughs>